Good evening and welcome to Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in the Loop. My name is Pastor Ben Adams and we're so grateful to have you all with us this Transfiguration Saturday, uh, the last Saturday we have of worship before we begin the season of Lent. So we are so grateful to have you with us. You might notice that's why we're wearing white here tonight, uh, but hopefully it is a dazzling service. It's also going to be um, a wonderful opportunity for us because we have the welcoming of our journeyers who are going through the life together process. So that rite of welcome will be taking place during worship. And you all here tonight get to be a part of that process, part of that rite, a part of making promises and prayers uh, for our journeyers who are going through our catechumenate discipleship making process during Lent. So we want to make sure that you know you are welcome here. 
You're welcome, no matter who you are or where, who you are or where you're from, no matter the color of your skin or who you love or marry, no matter your gender identity, your age, your documentation status, your ability, your voting record, even how you feel about organized church or religion, or especially right now, church online. We hope that this is a time and a space where you experience God's welcome and God's grace in your life. So with all of that said, I uh, want to invite you to take a deep breath to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we begin with our gathering hymn, Sing of God Made, Perfect, Made Manifest. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Thank you. 
Let us pray. Almighty God, the resplendent light of your truth shines from the mountaintop into our hearts. Transfigure us by your beloved Son and illumine the world with your holy image through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from 2 Kings. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets, prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his, took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked for a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended, into, ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God.
A reading from 2 Corinthians. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who was talking with Jesus. And then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwelling places, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'm going to start out a little bit different tonight and ask you to do something. And uh, if you're on Zoom, you'll be able to do this. If you're live streaming or Facebooking, you'll have to just watch as it all happens. But if you're on Zoom, take a minute now to take the poll that is set before you. And uh, hopefully you can see it. And what does the transfiguration mean to you? And the second question, if renaming this story, a good title would be, So let's see if we can see those results. Are they coming in yet, Bo? And, and it looks like most people have participated. Whoa, what does the transfiguration mean to you? It looks like it's one of the brightest church days of the year gets our top vote. And if you were renaming this story, a good title would be The Dazzling Disciples. I like that. Do you think the NRSV will ever go for it? I'm not sure. But uh, I think one of the greatest challenges about preaching on Transfiguration Sunday is feeling like I have to explain what the transfiguration means. What's going on here? Why were the clothes dazzling white more than anyone could even bleach them? How did the disciples know that Moses and Elijah were there, the two greatest prophets that were standing with Jesus? 
Did they have name tags? And they'd never seen photos of them, right? What does it mean? Lutherans have been taught to ask, but the people that I asked this past week had no idea what I was talking about when I asked about the transfiguration of Jesus. Just blank stares. It's not as memorable of a biblical story as Christmas or Easter, but it is included in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospels and celebrated each year as we pivot from Epiphany to Lent. Now, most preachers, including myself, have talked about our own mountaintop experiences and explained how we are all just like the disciples on the mountain, wanting to preserve this spiritual connectedness to the divine. Or we've tried to explain why or how Jesus was transfigured. But not today, folks. Because maybe the idea of a brilliantly glowing holy figure isn't meant to make sense. Perhaps the transfigured Jesus is not supposed to be figured out. Maybe he's supposed to be appreciated and we are simply to bask in the warm wonder of his glow. Be open to the mystery, so to speak. Thankfully, we are a community that relishes in mystery, in the questions, yet still reminding one another that Christ is present among us, even when the doubts and questions arise, even when stories and Sundays arrive in our church here that both dazzle and dumbfound us. Like this one, Jesus is shining brightly, dazzling white, revealing to the disciples gathered that he is connected to the great prophets who have come before him. And a voice comes from the shadows. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Same voice that Jesus heard at his baptism, but this time everyone who is present hears it too. This is my beloved one. Now, I don't know, but if God is capable of smiling, this would be the occasion when it happens. It's not possible to talk about one's beloved without breaking into a pleased grin. That's how lovers talk about each other. It's how new parents speak of their babies. And when friends or family members who are beloved, you, you can't help but smile, right? Novelist Mary Gordon's meditation on this mountaintop experience uses a translation that says, that, that has God saying, this is my beloved son in whom I take delight. She says, at the transfiguration then, we are in the presence of delight and delight is an aspect of the holy. Wow. <laughs> We are in the presence of delight. This one statement transformed my understanding of the transfiguration and gave new meaning to this ancient event. Now, delight is a word that I delight in, and I use it often. Delight is more than simple happiness. It's more like a deep joy with a sense of admiration. And I have experienced pure delight at various times in my life. Perhaps you have too. When I was holding my infant children for the first time, or while walking them as they slept in my arms. I have delighted in the times that one of them has hit a home run or been on stage singing and dancing. I have delighted often as I sing silly songs with the younger ones in Sunday school and can't help but smile as we interact playfully. And then there are those times when I've delighted in God's beauty, watching the sun set over the lake or seen a giraffe run in the wild or had my own holy moments on top of a snow-covered mountain or gazing up from the lush valleys. 
in the transfiguration, we, like the disciples, are in the presence of God's delight for Jesus. They are terrified, of course, because who wouldn't be if you saw a dazzling figure right in front of you? But after this brief moment of illumination and glistening clothing, terror strikes the disciples. A cloud overshadows them, and from it they are finally able to hear God. This is my beloved one. Listen to him. And this moment in the shadows changes everything. They look around and they, they see differently. God delights in the one who is standing before them, and God is with them. God gives them purpose when they go back down the mountain. There is a tender holiness shared on the mountaintop that's too easy to bypass amid the dazzle and the fear. God loves, so God interacts, not only with Jesus, but also with the disciples. The delighting one expresses their love in self-giving because that's what happens when someone adores and celebrates someone else. It's what God has done for you as the same spirit delights as, as hmm, let me start over. It's what God has done for you as that same delight is showered on us. The Holy One delights in you. She wraps her arms around you and scoops you into her warm embrace when you are hurting. He sees you when you make mistakes or bad decisions. And instead of piercing you with a parental stare down, looks at you lovingly with a tear in his eye. They give their very life for you in sacrificial love because you are adored and delighted in by the same God who delights in Jesus. So I say, thank God for Transfiguration Sunday. We need a little razzle-dazzle story, perfect for Mardi Gras, that casts a light and leads us into Lent so that we are able to keep our eyes on the one who speaks a word of promise. God goes with us wherever we journey. Amen.
I'm now going to invite everyone to do something as we begin the rite of welcome. First, I'm gonna welcome everybody to join us in gallery view on Zoom. So up in your top right corner to switch from speaker view if you're in that to gallery view where you can see everybody's windows. And then if you are not either a sponsor for our Life Together process, one of the participants, our journeyers, or myself, Anna or Molly, the co-leaders of Life Together, I'm gonna to invite you to turn your screen, your camera off. Let's all try that really fast. So we can just see the screens that are on now should be our journeyers, their sponsors, and then all three co-leaders. Perfect. Well, I'd first like to welcome each of our journeyers and their sponsors individually so you can see who each other is, put a name to the face. So first we have Tony Michaud, who is journeying through life together and her sponsor, Nikki Petroff. You both can give a wave. We also have participating this year in life together as a journeyer, Allison Emery. And her sponsor is Jenna Payton. Give them a wave. Then we have Kathleen Phillips, who's journeying through life together with her sponsor, Beth Morris. You can wave. And finally, we have Courtney Heinemann, who is preparing for baptism at the Easter Vigil, and her sponsor, Patty Erickson. Let's give them a wave as well. So dear friends, during this season of Lent, these persons are preparing for baptism or affirmation of baptism at our Easter Vigil. So Tony, Allison, Kathleen, and Courtney, what do you ask from God's church? To be strengthened in faith and renewed, and renewed in the gift of okay. baptism. What do you seek from God's word? Faith, faith, faith and fullness of life. And now for everybody gathered here tonight, people of God, as you journey through Lent, will you support these people chosen by God through your prayer, presence, and example? As you observe the disciplines of Lent, will you be for them a community of love and growth in God's grace? If so, please answer, we will, and we ask God to help us. We will, and we, and we ask, ask God, God to help us. You have heard the holy and saving gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I invite you to receive the sign of that gospel, a sign given in baptism on your body and your heart, that you may know the Lord and the power of his resurrection. Receive the cross on your forehead, a sign of God's endless love and mercy for you. Learn to know and to follow Christ. Receive the cross on your ears, that you may hear the gospel of Christ, the word of life. Receive the cross on your eyes, that you may see the light of Christ, illumination for your way. Praise to you, Lord Christ, the wisdom and power. Receive the cross on your lips, that you may sing the praise of Christ, the joy of the church. Praise to you. Receive the cross on your heart, that God may dwell there by faith. Receive the cross on your shoulders, that you may bear the gentle yoke of Christ. Receive the cross on your hands, that God's mercy may be known in your work. Praise to you, Lord Christ, 
receive the cross on your feet that you may walk in the way of Christ. Dear catechumens, journey with us now through Lent as we prepare for the festival of our Lord's death and resurrection. Amen. That was so beautiful. Now let us continue on to our prayers of intercession. On this last Sunday after Epiphany, let us offer our prayers for the church, the world, and all people in need. And we'll respond to each petition with the phrase, Alleluia, Amen. O oh God of light, we pray for communities of faith around the globe for our own congregation, for our pastors and congregation council. Receive our prayer, O God. Alleluia, amen. O morning star, we pray for the earth, for life forming in the dark ocean and ocean depths, for seen and unseen, and especially for the animals who require cold and ice. Receive our prayer, O God. Alleluia. Amen. O Son of Righteousness, we pray for our nation's elected leaders, for attorneys and juries, and for all who work for justice in our land. Receive our prayer, O God. Alleluia. Amen. Beautiful Savior, we pray for all who suffer from COVID-19, for workers and for all who await the vaccine. We pray for those enduring famine, for those experiencing homelessness, for the people of Yemen, and for all people who live in war zones. We pray for all who are ill, for all who receive no medical care, and for those we name in our hearts, in the chat, or by temporarily unmuting. For Al, Jerry, Carl, and Cecilia. For Krista, Marlene, Lauren and Sean. For Mark. Aunt Kathleen. For Heidi. For David's mother. Receive our prayer, O oh God. Alleluia. Amen. Love divine, we pray for those who, especially on this Valentine's Day, feel lonely for those who are abandoned, and for those who must live apart from their dear ones, especially for the children separated from their parents at our nation's border. Receive our prayer, O God. Alleluia, amen. We remember before you all who have died in the faith, especially Blessed Mary, the missionary Cyril and Methodius, the reformer Martin Luther, Apostor Fabian Kreischer of Argentina. Be with us in our feeble struggles until at our end we join with the saints in your everlasting light. Receive our prayer, O God. Alleluia. Amen. O Holy Trinity, light creator, light of light begotten, light revealer, receive our praises and prayers. For the sake of the one who dwells among us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, I'd like to welcome everyone once again here to worship this night, especially our journeyers who are going through life together, uh, starting in Lent in the exploration and intense preparation process that will take place leading up to our Easter Vigil. We're so grateful for you, and we surround you with our prayers. I also want to let you know of a few announcements uh, this Lent, especially coming up, which is going to be here before we know it. Ash Wednesday is this coming Wednesday, February 17th. And if you are interested in worshiping with us here with Grace Place and Holy Trinity in the Loop, we will have our Zoom worship service at 6.30 p.m. on that Wednesday. There's also an opportunity, if you'd like, the imposition of ashes 
on your forehead in person, you can join us here at uh, Grace Place between 11.30 and 12.30 or 5.30 and 6.30 p.m. Uh, anytime in those hours. And we will be here to offer an in-person imposition of ashes. And you'll also be invited if you'd like to spend a little bit of time in the sanctuary space to pray or just to sit in silence after that, uh, after that rite and ritual. We also wanna let you know that um, our, our MIC Seminarian Taylor's project has been filled up. We've had enough people sign up for the Lenten at-home kits that uh, Matt is now closed, uh, but we are so grateful for everybody who has signed up. If you are still interested in journeying with through Lent with other people, I'd invite you to sign up for our book study with Holy Family Lutheran Church. This month or this coming month, we will be reading the book Sanctuary by Reverend Heidi Newmark. It's about being Christian in the wake of Trump. So if you're interested in a book study with uh, some great people from HT Loop and Holy Trinity Lakeview, as well as Holy Family Lutheran Church in Cabrini Green, I'd invite you to join us for that book study. Finally, um, I just want to thank everyone who has continued in your generosity to our church. It's such a joy to serve in a congregation where generosity is so abundant, and we are so grateful. I will just reiterate how grateful for you, we are for everybody who uh, donates online or on Venmo or through the mail. All of that is being received with joy and gratitude. So we are so grateful for all of your generosity continued through this season and through this very difficult year. With all of that said, I now invite you uh, to pray with me using the ancient gesture of open hands as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Rejoicing in the presence of God among us, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the radiant light that overshadowed Christ on the mountain shine upon you with grace and mercy. And may God bless you now and forever in the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. And given that this is now the last Saturday in Lent, or before Lent, I'm sorry, the last Saturday before Lent, we will be burying the Alleluia. And generally when we and in person, we'd have some sort of epic, you know, slamming shut of a, of a, you know, case with the Alleluia inside of it. But since we're on Zoom, we decided for a new way to try this, where we are going to invite you to unmute and to just shout Alleluia over and over again. And then Bo at one moment is going to mute us all and we will not hear it again. And then we'll have a video where we celebrate the Alleluia one more time before closing the service here tonight. So, at this point, I invite everyone to unmute and I invite you to just shout Alleluia as loud as you can. Alleluia! 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 Hallelujah. 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 H
Go in peace. Let your light shine. Thanks be to God. And one final time, I invite you into gallery view as we will be sharing the peace with one another. So turn on your camera if you feel comfortable with that and let us share that peace. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. And also with you. Also with you. Peace, everyone. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. God's peace. peace.